Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. Switch my monitor here so my headphones go. There we go. Hey, how's everybody going? I'm recording on a Monday, and I'll be honest. Uh, we had some good things happen last week, and we had some bad things happen last week. And I chose to spend a little bit extra time with my family this weekend because uh, the bad things were a little bit of a bummer. All right, I don't want to sound like a bummer, so let's move on to the thing that I like, which is actually a person that I like, and that is Karen. Karen, uh, I don't know when she started listening to Kilowatt, but she is listening in order. So she went way back to episode one, 168 episodes ago, three years ago, and is listening all the way up until current, which is 169. I don't know where she is now, but uh, that's insane. I would would not wish that on my worst enemy, but thank you, Karen. That's very sweet of you. Um, part of the reason I'm talking about this is that for a long time, I've had a phone number that I give out at the end of the podcast. I stopped giving it out because nobody ever called the phone number. And lo and behold, I think it was on Tuesday, Wednesday, I get a call and a message from Karen. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a really nice message. Then I get home and uh, I get a message from Google Voice, which is where the messages go if you call that number. And it said, you know, your voice, Google Voice number has expired because you haven't used it. Now, I've been getting alerts from Google saying, hey, this is going to expire, but nobody's ever called me. So on the day that it expired, Karen calls. Fortunately, I was able to save the messages, but I was not able to text her back. Now, fast forward the the next day, I guess that's not much of a fast forward. And uh, I get an email from Karen, very sweet. And now she's a Patreon supporter. So we're going to hear more from Karen later because part of the voicemail she left, she gave me permission to talk about this. She has a really good point. She's specifically pointed out the Nissan Leaf, but I think she has a good point about the EV industry as a whole, aside from Tesla. So welcome, Karen. Uh, Thank you for becoming a Patreon supporter. If you'd like to join Karen, go to (laughs) patreon.com.com. Go to to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com and you can become a Patreon supporter. Uh, Exclusive content for patrons this week is the German official's have a take on Tesla's new Gigafactory, and we're going to talk about that in the main body of the show, but we'll go a little bit more in depth. EV sales in China are falling, and what does that mean for Tesla? And where investments in renewable energy can be most effective in terms of public health. All right, let's go into our first story. Green Car Reports, Bengt Holverson. 
I mean, I hope I said your name right. This article is for somebody who is considering purchasing an EV, but maybe the monthly payments out of your budget, or maybe you want to get something that will be safe for your kids to drive around in and won't cost you a ton of money to operate. Well, I, this article is for you. Hyundai has an amazing lease deal on their 2019 Hyundai Ionic EV. Here's the details. First of all, you have to live in the United States to get these deals. Second, your particular lease deal depends on what part of the United States you live in or buy from. So if you live in the northeastern part of the United States or the mid-Atlantic markets, then you're going to be paying $9.99 at signing for a 36-month lease. You get 10,000 miles and it's $79 a month. You will save more in, in fuel than you pay for your lease, which is insane. Everywhere else in the United States, you're looking at $2,500 down, a 36-month lease, 10,000-mile limit, and $109 per month. Still very competitive. If I had a teenager, I would definitely consider doing this to drive back and forth from school and such. To make this pot even sweeter, depending on where you live in the United States, they have incentives, and those incentives can offset that large upfront cost that you're going to be paying, the $2,500 or the $1,000, basically. So the Hyundai Ionic has 28 kilowatt hour battery pack. It's got 124 mile range. On the surface, this doesn't seem like a bad deal at all. Hyundai's trying to clear out some inventory. Apparently, they tried to do a subscription plan and abandoned that earlier this year or late last year. So if this is something that you're considering or you're interested in, please do your due diligence before buying. Don't take my word for it because I'm an idiot. Our next article comes from Inside EVs, Mark Kane. Neo is partnering with Intel's Mobileye on level four autonomous driving. Mobileye will come up uh, with a design and Neo will engineer and manufacture the uh, autonomous driving systems. Now, if you remember, Mobileye was originally partnering with Tesla before they were purchased by Intel for autonomous driving. It sounds like Neo will use the systems in their own vehicles, but Mobileye will also take those same systems and sell them to other auto manufacturers or at least license them to other auto manufacturers. And Mobileye's autonomous taxi service, who knew they had one, but they, I guess they do. Mobileye will use Neos for at least some of their vehicles in the autonomous taxi service sometime in the future. So good for both companies, I think. Zachary Shahan has our next story from Clean Technica. Porsche Financial is taking a leaf from Tesla's book and rolling out insurance for their EVs. It's cleverly called Taycan Policy. So good job, Porsche. Good job, marketing department. It's all the same stuff you'd get from regular insurance. Plus, you get some stuff for the you know special insurance for the battery and the charging stations and things like that. Porsche's plug-in hybrids can also take advantage of certain add-ons in the insurance policy. It doesn't sound like they can take advantage of the insurance policy itself. The plans seem to be pretty personalized, and there seems to be lots of options. There's no word at this time on what it's going to cost, though. Mark Kane from Inside EVs has her next story. The electric motor for Volkswagen's ID3 can fit in a gym bag. Now, I was going to do like a dirty socks and underwear joke here, but I wasn't able to think of a funny one, so insert yours right here. VW's adorable little motor is called the APP310 Electric Drive. Here are the specs. It's single speed, 150 kilowatt power, 310 nanometers of peak torque, weighs 90 kilograms, and it's got permanent magnet brushless machine motor. It's a permanent magnet brushless machine motor. Anyway, the breakaway image or the exploded image of this uh, motor 
looks pretty simple and should be reliable and easy to mass produce. VW wants to produce 1.4 million electric drives a year from two different facilities starting in 2023. That's a lot. If you would like to learn more about the APP310 electric drive, I put a link in the show notes so you can learn more there. Steve Hanley's Clean Technica. VW broke ground on their new 564,000 square foot EV manufacturing plant in Chattanooga, Tennessee this week, or last week as I'm reading this. The $800 million facility will build EVs based on Volkswagen's MEB platform. VW will also be building battery packs at the new facility in addition to EVs, and that all makes sense. The factory will bring 1,000 jobs, 1,000 more jobs to the Chattanooga area because I guess they have some presence there currently. The first cars are expected to roll off the line in 2022. So good job, Volkswagen. Fred Lambert of Electric has our next story. Tesla Energy is replacing some natural gas peaker plants in Southern California and I guess Northern California, now that I'm reading this, my notes, with Tesla Mega Packs. So if you don't remember, the Mega Pack is bigger than a Power Pack and the Power Pack is bigger than the Power Wall. This is good for Tesla and good for the citizens in the area served by these new installations. Seems like Tesla Energy is making a nice little business out of replacing natural gas peaker plants with these battery installations. So that's cool. Our next story comes from Clean Technica. Tim Dixon and Teslarati Simon Alvarez. Tesla has finally received their manufacturing license for Gigafactory 3. According to the article, Tesla can now start mass producing and selling EVs in China, which is awesome. There's a report from the Global Times that Tesla's goal is to produce 17,400 Model 3s at Gigafactory 3 by the end of the year, by the end of 2019. To hit this, they would need to produce 2,900 Model 3s a week. I don't think this is impossible. However, my uneducated and uninformed prediction is that they're going to probably be somewhere around 10,000 Model 3s by the end of the year. That's about 1,500 cars a week plus a little bit of cushion. I would love to see Tesla produce 17,400 Model 3s, uh, but this is a new line, and I think that there's going to be some unanticipated hiccups. So there's my prediction, 10,000 by the end of 2019, which is up from the like 1,000 I thought it would be. I think it was 1,000. I don't know. I didn't think they'd produce very much. So I am now optimistic on Gigafactory 3's numbers by the end of the year. Autoblog, Jonathan Ramsey has our next story. Tesla trademarked Cybertruck and Cybertruck, just removing all the vowels, C-Y-B-R-T-R-K. The Cybertruck logo looks futuristic and stylish and sci-fi-ish. We'll talk more about the Tesla pickup truck later this week, but I don't know. I'm excited. Can't wait. Just a real quick programming note. If you didn't know, we are going to talk about the Tesla Cybertruck reveal this week, and I'm also going to throw in any compelling other announcements like the Ford Mustang EV that they just announced yesterday. I was going to talk about it today, but I think that's already a packed show, so we'll we'll talk about it next week. But just so you know, and anything else that's interesting, we'll talk about on that show as well. Let's see here. Okay, so we got that. Okay, Fred Lambert has our next story. We now know that Gigafactory 4 will be built in Germany. More specifically in Brandenburg, Germany, which I guess is a state of Germany, which will be about an hour outside of Berlin near the new Berlin airport. 
Tesla will have an engineering and design presence in Berlin. We don't know exactly where at this moment. The factory out in Brandenburg, they will include vehicle and battery manufacturing, of course. Tesla will have to clear some forest in order to build this new factory. So to offset that, they're going to plant three times as many trees as they cut down. Okay, so here's my question. And I know that we have people out there that are capable of answering this question much with much more authority than I have, which is none. If Tesla cuts down mature trees and replaces them with baby trees, what's the environmental impact? I mean, are, is three times as many baby trees equal to one giant tree? Like, I don't, I don't know the answer to this. And I know that there are folks out there who listen who do know the answer. My general feeling is this is a negative environmental impact for a very long time until those trees become mature. And then once they become mature, what's to say that somebody else isn't just going to come in and clear those trees and plant new baby trees. And then we have less mature trees now, but we have a whole bunch of baby trees that somebody again will come in and again and clear those trees. And then we're back to having baby trees again. Does this make sense? Am I making sense? Anyway, if you know the answer to this very confusing question that I've posed to you, uh, let me know. All right, moving on. Um, da, 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 da. Tesla will focus on the Model Y at Gigafactory 4. The Gigafactory 4 should be up and running by the end of 2021, so that's good news. Obviously, there's a lot of automotive manufacturing talent in that area, which will be good for Tesla, but in turn, Tesla will also be good for other automakers in Europe, simply because building an EV is not the same as building an ICE car. And I think that... A lot of these auto manufacturers are finding out, a legacy auto manufacturers, what they're finding out is that it was a lot harder than they thought it was going to be to build an EV that's compelling. And again, we're going to touch on that later. So I rambled there a little bit. So to get back on my main point, just because Tesla now has a presence in Europe in terms of manufacturing, that does not mean that's going to put pressure on other automakers to make EVs. Tesla really started gaining traction, you know, three or four years ago. I mean, the Model S was released in 2013, I believe. Up until then, you didn't really see a lot of Teslas running around. Now you see Teslas all over the place. And honestly, I don't think that the legacy automakers are filling the pinch. And the only way that they're going to get serious about building EVs is if they start losing money. That's it, plain and simple. Like Honda CEO just recently said that EVs won't be mainstream anytime soon. And his reasons were hardware and infrastructure. And we've been hearing the same message for years over and over and over again. And yet people are still clamoring to buy EVs. 12 years ago, when I would talk about EVs with my friends, it was a novelty. That was not something that they were seriously interested in. Now my friends are taking notice. A lot of them use pickup trucks for work. And the companies like Rivian, although they are not uh, marketing towards people who use their vehicles for work, which is ridiculous in my opinion. But people are starting to take notice and they're starting to look at Rivian as a serious option for them. Who knows what my friends are going to think of the Tesla pickup truck, but I hope they like it. I had lunch with my old captain who's now retired, but he was a painter before he became a firefighter. And he was a painter while he was a firefighter. And he's a painter after he retired from being a firefighter. And every now and again, he'll just kind of check in with me on electric vehicles. Prior to like three years ago, this is not something that he would have considered at all as an option. And he makes really good money being a painter. 
I don't know if he could easily afford an electric pickup truck, but he generally every three or four years buys a new pickup truck for work and they're always very nice. All right, moving on, uh, Clean Technica's Zachary Shahan and Jonah Kreider has our next story. Tesla represents 77.7% of all the EV sales in the United States. Having said that, there are many automakers that don't publish their sales numbers, so it's kind of hard to get an idea how accurate this is. I will say that if a legacy automaker was crushing EV sales and they were just selling a ton of cars, they would be crowing about it. So I have a feeling that these estimates are close. They're not accurate numbers, but I, I feel that they're, they're pretty close to what they are in reality. So we're going to look at some EV sales here. In the month of October, the Model 3 sold 9,000 units, which is pretty impressive. The Chevy Bolt was 1,500 units. The Model X was 1,400. The Model S was 1,000. 887 Nissan Leafs, 637 VW e-Golfs. The Audi e-tron sold 462. And the BMW i3 sold 359. Now, I did not see anywhere the Jaguar I-Pace in there. All right, from January of 2019 to October 2019, here's what we're looking at this year for sales numbers. The Model 3 sold 123,002, which is really impressive. The Model X sold 16,072. The Model S sold 14,808. You know what? I see way more Model S's around than I do Model X's, especially new Model S's. Without looking at these numbers, I would have just assumed that Model S always outsold the Model X, but here we are. Anyway, the Chevy Bolt sold 14,611. The Nissan Leaf sold 9,998. The VW e-Golf sold 4,233. The Audi e-tron 4,002. And the BMW i3, 3,722. So when you look at the January to October numbers, Model 3 sold more than all of the others combined. The Model 3 was 123,002. All the other sales were 67,446, and that includes the Model S and the Model X in there. So Model 3 outsold all of the other EVs combined by 55,056. That's really good for Tesla. And of course, that's according to the estimates of the vehicles that were included in the article. In a related story, Tesla is now the third most valuable automaker in the world. So it goes Toyota, VW, Tesla, Daimler, and GM. Now here's an interesting note. Tesla is the only automaker or auto manufacturer in the top five that just represents one brand. You know, Toyota has Lexus and VW has Audi and Porsche and Daimler has Mercedes and some other things. GM has some other brands. So Tesla represents one brand and currently they are selling three different cars and they are the third most valuable automaker in the world. It's pretty insane. All right, so I am going to play a portion of Karen's voicemail with her permission, and she's going to talk about the Nissan Leaf. Honestly, I think this is a, what she's discussing is a problem in the EV automotive industry as a whole. So let's listen to Karen's voicemail here. You know, why there is the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Nissan Leaf? The reason why I think the sales are down and that was one of the very first cars that was a real electric car, not a hybrid like a Toyota Prius. The reason why, they don't have the real complete cooling system. And they are on Chatamon as far as their technology because it's a company out of Japan where that's very, you know, prominent there. And they 
other cars are going to this, you know, CCS kind of plug-in technology. And so it's only Nissan that's on this, you know, Chatamo. But the Chatamo thing and the, um, and the, um, as far as the cooling of the battery, you know, technology that Nissan has and the you fast charging, it could overheat and whatever and all. And I think that's the reason why that the Nissan Leaf is not selling like it should. I mean, they have not exceeded the 200,000. You know, even to this day, when they came out in 2011. And their car is very expensive too. I mean, they're trying to do this technology, you know, et cetera, to bring down the cost, but it's still expensive. So that's all I had to say. And that's why, you know, when people ask, well, why is the Nissan Leaf, you know, not selling? And why is their margin, you know, of sales slipping? And I think that's the reason why. It's because of the Chatmo and it's because of their battery technology, you know, they that have that whatever that coolant, you know, thing, you know, going on. And I think that's it. I really do. I think that they're stagnant. But yet they got some good cars that have been hurt there. And, uh, you know, Nissan. You know, you, the Nissan Leaf is one of the cars you can go right into a dealership and, and get all throughout the United States. Thank you very much, Karen. I appreciate your input on this. I did edit her voicemail just a little bit. In the middle, she talked about Electrify America. I cut that portion out just for to save a little bit of time. So, But here's what I'd like to talk about because she brings up some good points. For some time now, the Nissan Leaf has had a problem with rapid charging. It's actually got a name. It's called RapidGate. It usually occurs during long-distance travel with more than one DC charge in there. The battery heats up, it overheats, and then the charging rate slows way down. That's because the Nissan Leaf doesn't do well with battery thermal management. So these are all great points. So in the United States, we have incentives to buy EVs at a federal level. And the manufacturer, if they sell less than 200,000 cars or up to 200,000 cars, then there's a $7,500 federal tax credit that the person who purchases the car gets. Once the 200,000 is reached, then it slowly tapers off. We talked about it a lot when Tesla was hitting these numbers. So the Nissan Leaf hasn't reached that 200,000 limit yet. And I looked it up and as of May, 2019, the Nissan Leaf had only sold, let's see here, 133,000 Nissan Leafs. That's not great. Karen also mentions that the Nissan Leaf is an expensive vehicle, which is true. A reasonably equipped Leaf at my local Nissan dealership costs $37,000. That's for 2019. Now, if I want a 2017 used Leaf that has about 30,000 miles on it, I can get it for $11,700, which is quite a difference. The Nissan Leafs, they're just not holding their value. On the flip side of this, at the beginning of the show, we talked about the Hyundai Ioniq lease deal that they're having $79 in one part of the country, $109 in the other parts of the country. Well, if you wanted to purchase a car and not lease one, a 2017 Nissan Leaf for $11,000-ish, let's say 12 to round up, not a bad deal, to be honest. I don't know how much more value it's going to lose in the you know three to five years that you're going to own it, but it lost the most, I mean, it lost $26,000 in value in two years. So it's not going to lose another 26000 in two years. So it might be a good purchase for folks. So thank you very much, Karen, for sending that voicemail in. Now, here's where I want to apply this to the rest of the automobile industry. Legacy automakers are not giving us their best effort in terms of EVs. The Nissan Leaf is a perfect example. 
it's been around for so long that this car should be top-notch, premium, almost perfect, and yet it still has the same thermal battery issues that it's had for at least the last four years. I mean, that's ridiculous. Then on the other side of the equation, we have Jaguar, Audi, and Porsche, which are coming into the EV market, but they're making cars that no one wants to buy. Now, I've looked inside of an e-tron, and I've looked inside of an iPACE, and they are beautiful cars. I haven't had a chance to test drive one of those vehicles, mostly because I had my kids with me both times I went to, to look at them. But they are very nice vehicles on the inside. Arguably, the iPACE is way nicer than the e-tron, but they're still both very nice vehicles. But nobody seems to want to buy these cars. I've seen one Jaguar iPACE in the wild. And when I was speaking with the salesperson at Jaguar, he said, oh, yeah, we sold a couple last month. We sold one last week. To me, that doesn't sound very encouraging. Like I wasn't getting the vibe from the dealer that they could hardly hold on to these iPaces. I was getting the vibe of, oh, yeah, it's a car that we sell. You like it? You want to buy it? No? Okay. See you later. Take your kids and get out of my showroom. The way I see the automotive industry in terms of tribes or fandom is like it's like sports. So you either like the Chicago Bears or you like the Denver Broncos. You either like Audi or you like Jaguar. It's, you know, they, we have tribes. For these companies, this should be honestly a slam dunk for Audi, for Porsche, for what's the other one? Jaguar. This should be a slam dunk to get people to buy their vehicle, and yet they can't. There's something lacking in these cars, and I think I know what it is. They're not fun. They're not interesting. They don't have a personality. I'll give you a car. Here's a car that has a personality. The Hyundai Kona. For whatever reason, when I look at that car, to me, it looks like it's smiling. It looks like one of those cars in the Chevron commercials where the cars have eyes and a mouth, or maybe the movie cars. It looks like the Hyundai Kona has personality. The Nissan Leaf and the other cars that I was talking about, the I-Pace, the e-tron, and the Taycan, they don't look like they have that much personality. I thought that the Taycan was going to have personality when I was looking at the renderings and the early versions of the car. But now that it's out and we've seen it, um, it's okay. I mean, it's a nice car, but I, I doesn't. there's no whimsy. There's no fun. And that's what Tesla has. And that's what these other vehicles are lacking. People want to own a vehicle and they want to have an experience. To me, these legacy automakers, they don't see that as hey, we should make this fun. EVs are new and exciting in the future. And instead of making them new, exciting in the future and fun, they're just taking their old design language and shoving it down people's throats instead of coming up with something new and fresh. And I think that's where the, that's, a, that's the difference between Tesla and what they're doing and what these legacy automakers are doing. I'm going to leave you with this example and I'll wrap it up after that. A common trope in the 80s for TV shows or commercials was you had the old stuffy old people that were like very prim and proper. These are the people that had no time for fun. Everything was serious. They're real Ebenezer Scrooge-ish. And then some kids come in on a skateboard with a mohawk and crazy t-shirts and the old stuffy folks, they're acting all outraged that these young kids would come in and play this rock and roll music and, or hip hop music, whatever it was in the commercial. And pretty soon the beat starts getting the old folks going and the young folks are vibing and now the old people are vibing and now they're all partying together by the end of the commercial, right? That's what this is like, but we're not to the part where everybody's partying together. Tesla comes in and all the old folks, they're just like, meh, arms crossed, and grumpy faces like the old man on the Muppets. But at some point, those grumpy men, they're either going to wither away and die, and this is going to be a very sad commercial, or they're going to have to come along 
to Tesla's side of things, because when people get an electric car, they don't want a car that's exactly like the car they just traded in. They want a car that's got whimsy and fun. Tesla has given its cars a personality and they continue to add personality into those cars, whether it's, you know, the weird little Easter eggs or just the goofy little add-ons. And then Tesla has a CEO that will listen to its customers, his customers, their customers, and they'll say, hey, what what if you added this to the car? And Elon says that'll be done in three weeks and it's done in nine weeks, but who cares? It's in the car. Legacy automakers, they're not doing that. And that is the the difference. Legacy automakers need to start doing that. It's not like they don't have the money. They have way more money than Tesla does. Doesn't It's not like they don't have the talent. They just need to have the leadership to give them, the folks underneath them, the permission to make their vehicles fun and inviting and, you know, futuristic looking. And I, I don't mean like old Buck Rogers from the 60s and 70s futuristic looking. I can't remember when that show was out. I mean like modern futuristic looking. All right, that's all I have to say on that. That's the whole show. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital. I'm going to go figure out how to get another phone number attached to my Google Voice account sometime this week, hopefully. I might have to create a new Google Voice account now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway, I'll figure that out at some point. In the meantime, if you would like to be on the show like Karen was today... Just record a message like into your voice recording app on your phone and you can just email it, email it to me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. I'm also on Twitter. My direct messages are open, so you can contact me there as well. And that's at 918digital. Thanks everybody for listening and I hope you have a wonderful week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.